This is the Youth Ministry Life Podcast. Thanks for listening in. We want to encourage you to head over to Facebook and join our community Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Youth Ministry Life, or you can just search Youth Ministry Life Podcast Community. Over there, we try to generate as much conversation about our episodes as possible. This is just another way that we can share ideas and encourage one another here at the Youth Ministry Life Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. We hope you enjoy today's show. One year and five days after our last release comes a new episode, finally. And it's all Tim's fault. For our okay, listeners I, out I don't there, think if you want an explanation fair. as to why. Nope. Well, why wouldn't it be fair, Tim? I think, I think I'm the one who look. slaves day in and day out to try to make this a profitable conversation listen. for people to be able to listen to. And Every relationship is a two-way street, okay? I try to give you time. You got to try to give me time, all right? And we got to make compromises for one another, and our compromise just happened to take a little over a year. So here we are. Okay. Well, we need counseling. <laughs> we do need counseling. We need... <laughs> oh. It's definitely not that it Corey and I haven't talked. It has been. It's, it's not that we haven't like spent time together in that time period either or talked to one another in that time period. We just have not put together a podcast in forever. Literally a year and five days. Oh, my goodness. I counted it up. But here we are. It's been exactly that. <laughs> in in that, the past <laughs> year, a lot has happened, uh, including mm-hmm. the uh, release of Fortnite. Which that, all yeah, that youth pastors everywhere need to pay attention yeah. to, because that's 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 honestly what took up most of our time. <laughs> you you know. say our yours was NBA two K. Let's be honest. That was one hundred percent true. Mine was two K. Yours was. I mean, anytime I tried to see what you were doing, it was definitely Corey was definitely <laughs> playing some Fortnite. So I don't deny it. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a good game. Uh, plus, I have to keep. I have to keep up with all those dances, you know, the Fortnite dances to stay relevant with the teenagers. It keeps you, know, you relevant. Yeah. Faster. I think it if it it, you know, it it gives you something to talk to to the junior high boys. That's Yeah, for you sure. hit an awkward pause in the conversation with the teenagers and then you just pop out, you know, you start doing the floss dance right in front of them. They're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. you know, all these youth pastors cool." No, it's that's not how it works at all. <laughs> I don't think that happens. <laughs> I doubt nope. that this youth pastor's cool is what racist through their mind <laughs> <laughs> no not at all oh, well uh we are back after a year and we're excited to bring a couple more episodes your way more than a couple we were actually putting together a list before we hit record today and and uh, we have about seven or eight other topics coming your way this season but for today tim why don't you introduce today's topic well our staff recently started um, not recently, it's been, well, it's been a while now. Uh, we've been reading books together and we'll kind of do book reviews. And some of the books are theological, some of the books are personal, uh, spiritual development in, in nature. Some, are and Dr. some of the books are kind of more for fun, exactly Dr. Seuss style level stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the books that we had to read a few months back was um, entitled Well Intentioned Dragons. And um, the author is Shelley. And uh, he, he wrote this book uh, a long time ago. I don't even know how old this book is. I was trying to check the date on mine, actually, because I have one of the original copies. Corey and I were comparing notes, 
And uh, his, bo- his book actually has some points that aren't even in my book just because of the advances in technology. Uh, yeah, mine has 1984 in it. So uh, this <laughs> might have been one of the first. So. All right, so a little bit of a difference there. But either way, before Corey and I were born, this book was written. And while the truth was written a long time ago, the truth is still very relevant today uh, because the book basically deals with how to handle problem people in the church or in your ministry. And, um, and actually, if you were, in youth ministry. Tim, let me butt in here real quick and say that if you want to get this book, it's actually a different title now. The subtitle has has the title Well-Intentioned Dragons in it, but the actual title of the book now is Ministering to Problem People in Your Church, and the subtitle is What to Do with Well-Intentioned Dragons. So, Tim, is your book so actually basically called Well-Intentioned Dragons? It. My book, the oh. title is Well-Intentioned Dragons, subtitle Ministering to Problem People in the Church by Marshall Shelley. So <laughs> either way, if you're looking for the cheaper older version or the brand new version that also isn't that expensive, uh, those are the titles to go by. So just go to exactly. Amazon and just type in something about dragons and buy the first book that pops up. Don't do that, <laughs> actually. No, don't do that because <laughs> it would be like Game of oh. Thrones or something and we don't want to ever <laughs> go that direction. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, anyways, I, I do want to clarify. We have talked about, um, we talked about this query already. What was the title of, of one of our previous episodes uh, on dealing with problem people? Conflict. I can't remember the title. Conflict, dealing with conflict in ministry. That, that was a little bit broader, um, I think, in just dealing with conflicts in general, even like interpersonal uh, relationships mm-hmm. with staff, with parents, with teenagers. This is kind of more specifically geared towards how do you handle people who are attacking you? So, um, and in I, we're, we're going to kind of give ways. you some examples in a variety of different ways. The book definitely gives some really, some very real, uh, and very like, um, I Specific. identifiable. Yeah. Like, you know, you can definitely identify with some of the stories in this book of, of what's happened to other pastors in ministry. Uh, so I think Corey has some examples he wanted to share. Yeah, very, very I... specific examples that use specific <laughs> people's names. No, I'm definitely not going to use people's <laughs> names for sure, but it, <laughs> It, I'm sure if we were to even open it up to anybody who wanted to comment on it, I'm sure everyone would have some sort of story that they could tell. If you've been in youth ministry for any amount of time, you have a story that you could tell about that one person or about that family or about the, maybe it's multiple people in your church that have attacked you. I, I think specifically of one instance, uh, one of many obviously, but one instance after church on a Sunday, I spent two hours in the pastor's office after church and where a mother of one of the teenagers harshly scolded me. And obviously all of it was due to uh, just secondary issues, more preferential tertiary differences. I had baseball memorabilia in my office. I currently still have baseball memorabilia in my office. And um, she didn't like that. She called it a shrine. And she was talking about how I can't imagine what she would say about my office because I literally have like at least 40 Funko Pops, uh, Star Wars, and Marvel. (laughs) That's another thing. uh, She would probably be horrified. Yeah. In the past year. That's something that's happened. There's so many things. I'm sure they will come up in conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, just even one of them said, I can't even walk down that on that side of the church because of just the bad um, feeling that I get, the negative feeling that I get when I walk by your office. Bad juju, yeah. 
another thing that was difficult for her is I wear I wear tailored clothing, so it's not like I don't wear skinny skinny jeans. jeans. No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't touch those things. But I wear mm-hmm. tailored clothing. Okay, so it's going to be, you know, tailored to me. It's going to fit. It's not going to be like loose and sloppy looking whenever well, i preach she, in my youth group about against wearing super tight fitting clothing i just use pictures of Corey Eastep as the example <laughs> of what not to do like look <laughs> all right don't dress like this this is disgusting uh and then i do my <laughs> Fortnite dance and i'm cool again right and uh, another thing that i did was i sacrificed a baby goat to baphomet in youth class and she didn't like that either so uh but you know just basic stuff that is going to be different than other than the way other people would do it. She was livid about this, and this was one of those just in-your-face uh, dragons, which we will identify in a minute, but she was just not happy at all with anything that I ever did, and she for two hours scolded me while her husband even cowered in fear from her. <laughs> Um, and he wouldn't say anything. And then my wife actually spoke up after all was said and done. And she said, I just listened to you bash my husband for two hours and you expect me to sit put and, and, and Sierra really, uh, stepped up and, and defended me. And so I, uh, felt very proud of my wife. She was my knight in shining armor that evening. And yeah, so thankful for her. And perhaps... (laughs) That is good. That's good that she defended you. And that's honestly kind of perhaps what we're going to be discussing, and I might be getting ahead of myself, but that's kind of, I think we can all relate with that story and many others like that. We've all had youth workers, parents, teenagers, staff, you know, co-workers, basically other pastors, staff members who have, uh, you know, intentionally or unintentionally said something or done something that just really hurt you. Uh, for me specifically, I, I, I try to avoid very specific stories, especially some that have happened recently. Um, but I remember several years ago, I had a teenager back when my wife and I were first trying to get pregnant. We were having some issues, some medical complications, and uh, people were aware of it because we we're asking people to pray. And I remember I upset this teenager. I can't even remember what I said or did to this teenager. They were mad at me about something. And they literally looked at me and said, you know, well, at least I can have kids someday, you know, and th- that was just oh, something wow. that was just so incredibly hurtful. And I'll never forget that conversation. I'll never forget specifically what they said to me. And that would be a good example because that's a moment where you literally, especially because we were alone, I just want to punch him in the face. You know I mean? Like that was an opportunity. <laughs> like I could, I could have just disposed of his body in our church's 70 acres. No one would have ever known. His mom probably wouldn't have cared that much. I mean, like it would have just been over. <laughs> and, and that's and how you I'm deal sure with you Wellington this and Dragons. And that's how you deal with it. And this episode is over. It's done. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can identify with this because here's what I've struggled with the most. Is when somebody says or does something hurtful, like you want to defend yourself. You want to respond or react. But one thing that my pastor has helped me with so much is exercising grace in this mm. situation. Um, and we're gonna get we're gonna get to that as well. We're gonna cover a lot of those different scenarios, you know, because we we all know the natural flesh, fleshly response. Uh, but man, this author really he really deals with the heart of the issue, and he is very convicting in how he challenges you to deal with it and accept it. So, uh, first of all, let's go ahead and start with this. Let's let's go ahead and start with the definition of what a well-intentioned dragon is, or these difficult people as we're describing today. Um, you know, one definition is that they are often sincere well-meaning saints, but they leave ulcers, strained relationships, 
and hard feelings in their wake. Um, you know, because they're sincere and well-intentioned, they don't necessarily see themselves as a nuisance. They believe, and, and oftentimes passionately, that they're doing God's work. I think that's what's most mm -hmm. interesting about a well-intentioned dragon, don't you, Corey, is that yeah. usually we don't see their perspective. Like, let's consider this mom for a moment that you just talked about, Corey. Now, with my situation, the teenager was mad at me. They were intentionally trying to hurt me. They were saying something cutting. Sure. Now, with the mom that you were dealing with, they thought that you were sincerely doing something wrong. They she, probably she heard some preaching as, on false idols. Uh, idolatry. She was she was yeah. perceiving it as idolatry. And and so if I view that, if I view it with through her perspective. Now, granted, if I if I made all of my decisions based on the preferential ways that people view things, then it would be, that would just be too much to do. You, you gotta be your own person to some degree. And I really, between me and God, mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with putting up baseball memorabilia in my office. I'm not gonna put it up in the auditorium, you know, <laughs> nothing like that, right. but there's a line. But looking at it through her eyes, I can begin to see that there is a well-intentioned nature to what she's doing and i've seen it in my own life that i approach things right. with good intentions but people perceive it as as a as an attack right so for for me um i had some parents that were upset with me for disciplining their teenager by suspending them from an activity they'd done something pretty serious and it wasn't even really affecting the church it's just that we considered them a flight risk so we said because of that we're not going to let you come to an overnight activity and the parent was upset by that but from from my perspective, I'm like, look, I just don't want to have to put that burden on myself or my youth workers on this trip. Um, that's just a big deal. This person, and also this teenager has made a mistake. It's not like they don't, you know, I, I want to show people grace, but at the same time, they have to be punished to some degree and missing this mm -hmm. fun activity is a punishment, you know? But then from the parent's perspective, I get it too. And that's that's what, you know, reading this book helped me with is that they love their child, and they see that church is an opportunity for their child to hear about God and draw closer to God and hear some good preaching. And so they want their child to have that exposure. And so that's the fine line. You know, like they're wanting to help their kid, but at the same time, well, their kid made a mistake, so they have to be punished. You know, so that's that's why we, we have to see both sides of these problem people is that most of the time, honestly, they sincerely feel like they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, so the other part um, we kind of went it, through the book. Oh, go ahead. Well, the other part of it would be the dragon part of it. So well-intentioned people who are actually doing uh, a lot of damage. And this is the part that makes you want to punch them in the face, as Tim put it. Uh, but <laughs> Tim, let's talk about uh, the different types of the, the dangerous side of, of people when they can really hurt you. And let's, let's even look at the full length of this. When this plays out and it's constant in a pastor's life or in a youth pastor's life, anybody in ministry, they eventually can be the cause, well-intentioned dragons can be the cause of them stepping out of ministry, leaving ministry altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, and ministry yeah. is a very, um, it's, it's a very, people are very prone to be under the influence of these well-intentioned dragons because people feel like they're they they have a say so in what goes on at a church mm -hmm. there's a sense of ownership almost yeah you want you want people well you want people to have that though that's that's what I was about to say you yeah. want people to have a sense of ownership you want people to have that sense of belonging um but that's what's so different about ministry than any other thing in the world 
yeah. is that everyone kind of has an equal say. And that's uh, really what's beautiful about church and about uh, Christianity and a relationship with God is we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And there is mm-hmm. a sense of equality, and it's so beautiful. Um, it's just a problem when people start abusing that to the hurt of other people. Most certainly. Most certainly. Well, uh, Tim, we, we made a list of different types of dragons, um, and some of these come from the book. Some of these are actually just ones that we've faced personally in our own lives. But uh, the, the first one, whenever we start talking about this, the first one that comes to my mind, and this is one that Tim and I both just nodded our head in agreement over, most often well-intentioned dragons first present themselves, and we have to be able to, to spot these people. They spot that they show themselves whenever they come up to you and they say, it's usually whenever you first get there, they say, brother so-and-so or pastor so-and-so, we're so thankful you came here. I want to tell you something. We have your back. If there's anyone in this church that yeah. that has your back, it's us. And whenever I first went to ministry, I'll be honest, I, I had three or four people come up to me and say that. And I was thinking, wow, that's awesome. These are people I can rely on. These are people that that I can trust, but those were the people that wound up being the people that I had to really watch my back around uh, because they wound up being some of the most um, difficult people to deal with in that entire ministry. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like they come in and they, they want to make you an ally immediately because they want to be able to use your power and influence to their advantage. And that's not to say that everyone who greets you, because this would really apply more to when you first enter a ministry at a church, you know, whether you're straight out of Bible college or you've been in ministry and go to a new church somewhere else uh, down the line, and you you walk into that building, and they're like one of the first people to greet you on a Sunday morning. It's not to say that that person's always going to be one of these well-intentioned dragons. It's just that sure. most well-intentioned dragons usually start out this way. I think it's another side of that is... compensating. I think. they're Because they know they're proneness they know their tendencies so they have to try to verify you know themselves to you go ahead sure i think the another side of it is okay so you're not necessarily the new person at church but there's a new family or a new individual that starts attending your church and they approach you um and basically they seem like they've really got it all together and they start offering to get involved in all sorts of ministries but not in like a servant way more like hey i'd love to teach a class how many times have you mm-hmm. seen that, Corey, at a church where a guy comes in and he's asking for a Sunday school class within the first <laughs> month or even the first week of him joining the church? Definitely. I literally have seen it that I can think of very specifically at least five different times. Very specifically, I've seen that. Yeah, and those people, and, what they uh, want is they want they want to take charge. They want right. to have control. They want their influence. Yes, exactly. And there's and there's nothing wrong with someone wanting and having that heart for discipleship and for training. But when somebody comes into a new ministry and you don't know them from Adam and they all of a sudden, you know, they come in all hot, like, I am ready to change your church and make it better. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, how about we just get to know each other a little bit first? You know, <laughs> I think that's definitely a pretty strong characteristic. Why don't you take the next Here's one? Here's another one. Uh, another one, it would be busybodies or armchair quarterbacks, as we call them. People who have it all together in their own eyes. They know how to do it. They've been there. They've done it. They can do it better than you can. And they can tell mm-hmm. everyone how to do their job much better than they're currently doing it. And um, we, uh, I struggle with people like this. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. everyone does. It's because these are people sure. that 
don't necessarily have boots on the ground. They're not necessarily willing to get their hands mm-hmm. dirty. They're just more there to fix everyone else's problems. Right. But again, from their perspective, they do think they're helping you because they say, hey, my pastor or my youth pastor has has some issues here. Uh, they just go about it the wrong way because who likes being told they're a failure? You know, yeah. <laughs> who likes being told yeah. they're doing something wrong? Um, and sometimes it's nice. The author kind of goes into that a little bit about there's some, he went to a ministry and there was an elderly lady or there was a guy who told him a t- testimony basically of an elderly woman in his church who was always just sharing all these issues and stuff. Um, that's actually kind of leads into the next point. The next one is the bird dog. The bird dog points mm-hmm. out problems, but doesn't want to do anything about it because that's your job as the pastor, right? Uh, and that's kind of how the bird dog is. And this this pastor said, well, at first it was nice because she was pointing out my flaws or other people's flaws kind of help in a helpful way. Like, hey, don't forget about so-and-so. They're going into surgery this week. Hey, that's good because maybe you didn't know that and you needed to know that your church members are going in for surgery so you can pray for them and, and let them know you're thinking about them. Uh, the problem is, is when all of a sudden they kind of become this busybody who is prying into other people's business and all of a sudden um, they're telling you just straight up gossip and things are getting a little weird and then with a specific situation in the book this woman starts following up with the pastor saying well hey did you talk to so-and-so about their marital problems it's like well not yet because it's not really my job to just butt into their marriage you know and and so she's really prying and trying to force the pastor to do something now at this point and so at first while it was seemingly helpful it turned into a really big problem because now this woman not getting help from her pastor she turns to other leadership in the church and starts gossiping and telling others about the problem that she told pastor about but pastor refused to do anything about it now everyone knows about so-and-so's marriage problems and this person's leaving the church now because their marriage is their marriage problems are broadcast to the entire church family, uh, all because this woman just was a busybody yeah, talk who about, pointed out other people's problems but didn't actually you help. Talk about a cancer in the church. That is that is how to do it right there. Uh, when expectations yeah, no aren't fulfilled, and uh, usually it starts innocent enough, as Tim said. You know, it's hey, this person's in the hospital, and so you act on that and you go visit them. And so they start to have that that expectation on you that when you when they give you information, you act on it. And when you don't act mm-hmm. on it, when it's outside the realm of your ac- action, and you know that based on you know the wisdom that God has given you, you know that's I ain't touching that with the, with the ten foot pole, not unless they ask for help. Uh, now they expect you to do it, and they're gonna be offended if you don't follow their advice. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that can be really tough. Um, and the, another one would be the legalist, and this is that term is overused, I think, in churches today. That legalism term it's kind of thrown sure. around as a almost a Christian cuss word any anymore. But <laughs> it's a uh, what this is is it's a person who has an expectation, a list of rules. It's almost like that lady who had a list of rules for me that I didn't even know about that I'm not allowed to have baseball memorabilia or team. Uh, logos up on my wall in in the church office. I, th- these are just unwritten rules for mm-hmm. people in the church. And another one would be, I saw this happen, that I, I parked uh, my car kind of, uh, it was about halfway between the back of the parking lot and the front door. So it wasn't like all the way back to the back of the parking lot. This was in South Dakota. And the reason I did it was because it was a Wednesday night and I usually parked way back, but it was, there was ice on the ground and it was, it was freezing cold. And so I just parked it a little closer that night and I got 
met at the door by one of the men in the church, and he said, is that, is that the youth pastor's car out there I see uh, close to the church? And I'm going, number one, it's not close to the church, but that passive-aggressive statement that you just made made it clear that I need to go back out and, and move the car. So when I, when I turned around to go move yeah. the car, he was like, oh, no, 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 I'm just giving you a hard time. But it was brought up to the pastor later on that evening. Hey, youth pastor parked close to the church and and so i was made aware of it oh man that that became an issue so the legalist list of unwritten rules yeah yeah basically just well that that can happen too especially when you step into a new ministry position when you're unaware of of all the expectations of the staff member uh, of the pastor or whatever role you fulfill and uh, people just have that that unwritten expectation that you're supposed to do this thing, and if you don't do it exactly as they have seen it done before, uh, they're going to make it a big deal, you know. And again, they think yes. in their mind they're helping you because they want you to be like the last guy, uh, but you're not going to be like the last guy, you know. And, and they're so helping us one. with a hammer to the forehead, is what they're doing. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> exactly. Boom. Let me help you. I got this. Uh, another one is the sniper. This is another one that the author uses. Uh, basically, they avoid face-to-face conflict but pick off pastors with pot shots and private conversations. And this is one that's happened to me a lot. We actually had a meeting back in August with all the parents. It was just a teen parent only meeting. Um, and we just talked about gossip, honestly. It's just because there were some, basically there were some issues in the youth department that didn't actually exist that were circulating because people thought there was a problem, you know, and instead of talking to me about it and seeking clarity, they just talked to a bunch of other parents about it, and even like other people that weren't even involved in the youth ministry in the church. And then eventually it gets back to pastor, and then pastor asks me about it, and I'm like, first of all, this is the first I've heard about it. Second of all, that's not actually an issue here. And uh, we've had that happen a few different times, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, um, where it's either just straight up gossip you know, and so instead of dealing with it biblically and going to the person that, that has offended you or hurt you, um, they go to every other person in the world. And maybe there even is an issue. Like, we've had this happen before because, look, you, you, if you know me at all, you know I'm definitely not perfect and I'm definitely going to do a lot of stupid things. Um, yes. And there have been times I've just made some really bad mistakes. Uh, <laughs> but instead of talking to me about it and addressing it personally, um, they really, like, attacked me by just making it a big deal by going to every other person in the world but me. And that really hurts, you know, and again, I think a lot of people can relate to that one where mm-hmm. instead of, especially if you're the only like staff member, you're like a, the, the pastor of your church, you're the only guy and everybody talks to every other person in the church, but you, the pastor, and instead of allowing you to defend yourself or allowing you to make things right, they just want to point out your failure. And, uh, it really hurts, man. It really hurts. That's, that's the point we're trying to make here. And if you're listening to this and you can relate to any of these, you feel the pain coming back to the surface of what these can do to you. Um, another one would be the drill instructor. These these just tend to be type A personalities. We kind of maybe even overlapping some of these a little bit. Maybe there are hybrids of these in your church. The drill instructor would just be somebody that would just be loud and obnoxious, and they say things like, well, if they're wrong, I can't let them be wrong, or would they stand up in a business meeting at a church and they're, they're the one to question everything or or to question mm-hmm. the, the intentions of people, and, and they're just not afraid to, 
call people out. But the thing about that is there's no grace. You know, there, there's this balance right. that, that needs to be learned. And we would be wise to learn this balance too. It's this balance between grace and truth. You can speak truth, but you can speak it with grace. And you can have, it's possible mm-hmm. to have too much grace to the point where you're not willing to speak truth to somebody. But it's a perfect balance of those two. We need to be able to learn that balance and be able to apply that to our ministry. But we also have to understand that not everyone's going to have that balance when they come at us. And so they'll try to communicate a whisper with a baseball bat. uh, And it doesn't -hmm. doesn't translate well. Um, So In life and ministry, I think we always need to be... Yeah, I think we always need to be building relationships and building bridges. But what happens, sadly, a lot of times is because of how you handle the situation, you end up burning a bridge unintentionally because you were trying to address an issue, but you did it in the wrong way. And I think that's where the well-intentioned dragons come to play, you know, is that they they end up uh, just doing things that, that, that are hurtful. I, I, there's plenty of others that we could talk about. You know, one even that we, we mentioned briefly was now with technology, uh, there's like kind of the online blogger or the person who posts all the issues that they have or that the church has or every problem they have with their pastor on Facebook or mm. on Twitter or wherever. And, uh, you know, with technology now, it's even worse because you now know, what's really an in-house, in-church problem, they're broadcasting to the whole community, which always helps the church's testimony, by the way. <laughs> another another way that that's becoming more prominent, Tim, is that uh, the closed the closed groups that exist on Facebook now that the pastor oh, may not goodness, be a part yeah. of or staff members may not be a part of, but many of the church mm-hmm. members are, especially, and I've seen it work this way, and I'm not trying to attack anything or anybody, but in these um, communities like homeschool communities or they tend to be these network marketing communities of people who get together and they have their own mom groups or their own um, oh yeah, just friendship groups, but there are other people that aren't a part of that group. They feel like they have the liberty to say whatever they want within that, or they ask questions about mm-hmm. the decisions that are being made at the church in a way that, hey, do you agree with this statement? And maybe it was a statement that was said on Sunday a certain way, and so people disagree with it, and they take pot shots at the pastor through Facebook, but it's it's hidden. It's 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 a very cowardly way of dealing with things. But and and those things you may not even ever hear about them. Uh, or you may hear about them when it's too late when so much slander has taken place behind your back and it's that much more painful. Mm-hmm. But you, you have to understand that yeah. you can't escape some of these things. They're going to happen regardless of the, the choices that you make. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we've covered well enough. I think we've thoroughly covered what a well-intentioned dragon looks like. And I think that anyone who's listening up to this point, if you're still listening. Thank you. Uh, and I think they get what we're talking about. So let's go ahead and move on to the discussion. Let's go ahead and move on to how do we deal with well-intended dragons? Yeah. What, you know, because again, we all know what we want to do to a well-intentioned dragon. We all know the the statements we want to make. I, I have had plenty of meetings with my pastor. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've had plenty. I've had plenty of meetings with my pastor where I'm just like, pastor, can I just tell this person they're wrong? Can I please just tell them <laughs> how ter- terrible this thing is, you know? And he's like, no, you can't, you can't do that, <laughs> you know? Because um, I think the first thing we need to realize is that we aren't here to fight these dragons. As painful as it is, as much as it hurts, as much as it even hurts the church, we're not here to destroy. We're here to minister. We're here to exhort. We're here to build up. Um, and and uh, so that's that's really what we need to 
uh, hone in on. That's what we need to keep in mind first and foremost is that as much as someone hurts you, um, you don't have the right as a, as a called minister of God to retaliate with that same force. Because, you know, I've heard this, this quote before. I'm sure you have as well, Corey. Hurting people hurt people. Yeah. And I think that's really kind of what a, what a well-intentioned dragon ends up doing. And that's why it's unintentional, I believe, is because they're, they're suffering. They're struggling. You know, you see a lot of these people, maybe they have a lot of problems at home. Maybe they have a messed up marriage. Maybe their teenagers are wayward. Uh, you, you see this a lot with older people. Maybe they realize the mistakes they made when they were younger, uh, whether personally or even with their family. Maybe their their children are now grown and they're, they're wayward, not doing what they need to be doing, not in church. And so they kind of refocus that frustration and energy into their church and onto their pastor and onto their youth ministry. And, uh, and that's how it ends up hurting people. And that's why we got to understand they're not trying to hurt you. They, they themselves are hurt and they need help. And um, that's a good point that hurting people hurt people. Um, but at the same time, uh, the truth of Scripture is that forgiven people forgive people. And so we need to yep. understand that even though that they're in pain and they can cause pain, we're commanded by God to set aside some things, and that's bitterness and wrath and <clears throat> clamor and evil speaking. Put it away and be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as it says mm-hmm. in Ephesians 4. Uh, so these are things that we have to do. Another uh, pointed bit of advice in dealing with these well-intentioned dragons would be that you commit to deal with each person directly and patiently. Handle them one at a time and go to them and let them know that you do see and you do care for them. And that may include some sacrifice. But most issues can be resolved by you explaining yourself and by you first allowing them to explain themselves. And if you truly seek to understand then to be understood, as, as Stephen Covey puts it, you, you'll be surprised how many re- issues can be resolved just by doing that. Yeah. I will say this. This, isn't, this is a little bit different than what we're talking about because sometimes these issues are so specific that you don't want to talk about it publicly at all in, in the least bit because you don't want to draw attention to it but there are there have been times that we have had you know like gossip you know here's the reality okay so like when we had our parent meeting back in august with uh my pastor uh pastor Wadu actually conducted that entire meeting because a lot of the comments were about me um and so we knew exactly who those people were that were spreading the gossip. But it had spread so broadly that we made just a general statement. So those who knew what was going on knew. It was clear. Like, okay, he's talking about me, talking to me. I need to fix this. And those that didn't know, it was still a teaching moment. And we didn't get specific at all. We didn't bring up the specific. We didn't even bring up what was gossiped about. We didn't even bring up the subject. We just addressed the fact that this happens, and it's hurtful, and it hurts a ministry. And uh, so there are times, too, you can kind of make like a general statement. So those who are involved get the get the picture, you know what I mean? They, they know what's going mm-hmm. on specifically, and those who have maybe been hurt. Because, too, what happens is you don't, you don't always know everyone who's been affected. So by making a very general statement, you can help them, but then also deal with the issue. Uh, but you just have to be careful with public statements because you, you definitely don't want to start calling people out. That is when you get into trouble, and that's when you mishandle this situation for sure. Would you agree with that, Corey, or, or what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I'm 100% behind that. Um, general statements um, go a long way, and because if you're too specific, you may get one of those type A personality people who stand up 
and voice their opinion mm-hmm. in front of many, and that's never yeah. good. That only escalates things. Good. Just people who just stand up and voice their opinion in church ever anytime is just never good. That's just not a good thing. You don't. We don't like that. Please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's confrontation um, okay. to a degree. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's yeah. more of a general confrontation. Yeah, that's, it is. That's effective. It's just uh, it's some house cleaning. You know, it's just a general. It's like a family meeting. You know, that's kind of one way to look mm-hmm. at it. Like, look, there's an issue that's that's hurt some people. Let's just address it real quick and let's move on so that we can heal. You know. Uh, another thing that we could say is is when the issue starts to cause clear division, that's when you need to get your pastor involved. Um, you know, because the reality is, I, it depends on your pastor too. The way my pastor is, the way we work, is he doesn't want me to bring every little thing to his attention. That's why he hired me. And yeah. I think a lot of people could probably relate to that. If you are a full-time youth pastor, that's why your pastor hired you. Okay, now if you're part-time or if maybe you're volunteer, um, then maybe your pastor wants to be a little bit more informed on that, you know? Um, but so if there's like a petty issue, okay, like a silly thing that happens between like two teenagers and it's a little argument they had, I'm not gonna tell my pastor every time two teenagers argue about something, okay? But if there is an actual like fist fight, okay, you know, or if there's an actual like parents are attacking parents verbally, you know, if it's a big deal and it's causing division and somebody could like legitimately get hurt, then then your pastor needs to know. You need to bring yeah. him in on that. Don't don't think that you can handle situation because too, you also need the protection. If you're a staff member, you need that accountability and that protection because the reality is you might be doing something wrong. Yeah. You might actually be mishandling the situation and you need to go to your pastor because if you are mishandling the situation and you're trying to defend yourself, it would be a lot better for you to approach your pastor about the situation and him hear it from you than for your pastor to call you into his office and say, hey, we need to talk about something you've done. <laughs> like that is my greatest yeah. fear. You don't want that to happen. Uh, so it's really wise to go ahead and get the pastor involved if it's something serious um, early on in the situation. Just again, even if he tells you, you know what, why don't you keep dealing with this on your own? At least that way he's been uh, informed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's sometimes I'll just send my pastor an email if I'm, if I'm not really sure if it's that big of a deal or not, I'll send him an email because what I have found is sometimes I'll send my pastor an email about an issue in the church and just in case, you know, because it's something that's just affected me all of a sudden, and then he'll call me into his office because it's something he's actually been dealing with for the past four months, we'll yeah. just say, you know, and I just now heard about it. Well, now he talks to me and because we have this new evidence or this new issue, it kind of escalates the situation, you know? So I think there is a lot of wisdom in, in talking with your pastor, uh, you know, or, or if you if you are the pastor, you know, talking with the other staff members, just to make them aware, not for gossip's sake, but just so that they're aware of this issue that's going on. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I think discretion in what you should be telling your pastor, because you ought not be running to him for every little thing, as you said. That's good, good stuff. Yeah, Another that could be thing, exhausting. Yeah, that's stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, <laughs> another thing would be that when confrontation does need to happen and that should be that's rare that that usually it's gotten to a really bad spot if confrontation needs to take place uh and confrontation may be too strong a word but um obviously you want to pray and that goes without saying for all of these you should be praying Mm -hmm. for that person you should be praying for the situation and seeking god's god's face on this but confrontation, if needed, should be done privately and with an attitude of love and humility. They should leave that meeting 
knowing that they are understood and that they are loved uh, by by yeah. you, even though you may not get along on a personality level. And I'll be honest, probably, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to put a number to it, but there, there are quite a few people, parents of teenagers, that I would not personally, by personality, be one to hang out with. You know what I mean? They're not exactly, sure. we're yeah. not exactly, you know, the best um, mixing personalities. Uh, but when confrontation does does need to happen and when a conversation of serious nature needs to happen, uh, seeking to understand them and, and loving them and being humble about it, and it goes a long way, as we said. Yeah, I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself when I say this, but I think the lack of confrontation is what causes a person to become a dragon or to become a problem. Yeah, and that's it's why because I said you see that, an issue and you don't want to deal with it. Yeah, that, that's why I said that it, confrontation may be too strong of a word here too, because it's not necessarily confrontation yeah. if you bring it up and say, hey, I've noticed this is taking right. place. Hey, I've noticed by your remarks that you're not too comfortable with this situation or mm-hmm. uh, one that I recently had to do was I, I had a parent say this passive aggressive statement that they made. They they said, you sure do a lot of fun activities with the teens. It'd be nice to see some spiritual activities going on. And so I when I see heard that, that youth ministry, yeah. <laughs> when I heard that, <laughs> I realized, okay, they there's a disconnect here. Because obviously I want the youth group to be a spiritually focused uh, group, but there's been a miscommunication in the way mm-hmm. I'm presenting it. So I went to the person. I said, "Hey, can I talk to you for a minute?" And we went off to the side, and and we talked, and I made sure that they understood that I heard them loud and clear, and I I interpreted what they said as a as a cry for help. And so I tried to make it mm-hmm. clear to them, and and I told them that I'd try to do I'd try to do better, and I'd try to focus more on on presenting some more opportunities for. Uh, spiritual atmosphere at some of these youth activities rather than just doing everything fun, you know? Yeah, I think that's good. I think I think ultimately, too, there's there's a lot more that could be said, but really, we just need to come to grips with the fact that well-intentioned dragons are, are everywhere, and you'll just have to learn how to deal with them. Uh, we kind of joke about the fact that, you know, we don't want any of our problem people to leave in our church because as soon as one problem person leaves, another one arrives. Have you ever noticed that? And mm-hmm. the nice thing is we at least know how to deal with our well-intentioned dragons. We know how to deal with our problem people. So we'll just keep the ones we got for now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people could say that, you know, because every church has one. Every church has a person like that. Um, and, and honestly, there's going to be some people you're never going to win over. There's going to be some people that you, you're never going to get them on your side. Um, and that just is what it is. I have tried. There are certain people I have tried so hard, and we have some interns at our church, and it's been sad to see um, there are certain people that just don't like me. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I, I guess I could imagine why, but <laughs> for whatever reason, they just don't like me. We'll do it. They don't like my ministry style. One, uh, yeah. Oh, why people don't like Tim Russell? That would be a long <laughs> episode. We'd have a lot of call-ins. We should do a live episode for that one for it's sure. Like, how I think that'd be our most popular one yet. We didn't even broadcast. This that is we crazy. I've never even this. met this person. <laughs> people, people find out, and uh, but no, they've they've gone to our interns and um, basically said kind of tried to like in, empower them 
this is definitely a, a well-intentioned dragon move. They tried to empower the other staff members, especially like the intern who's just here temporarily, to kind of get them on my, on their side against me, to say something about me, you know? Um, That's slander. They're just going to be people like that in your ministry. That's slander. No, and it hurts. It's just like, wow, okay, well, at least I know how they feel, you know? Um, but what's been nice for me is... the powerful definition of slander that I heard recently was yeah. that it's you trying to get somebody else to view somebody else as the way that you do. And you're willing to do yeah. anything to do that. You you are trying to convince yeah. somebody else to view a person the way that you view them. And that's yeah. that's slander. Yeah. That's slander. Well, and that, that's just going to happen. That's just the reality of, of ministry. That's the, that's yep. the reality of leadership, period. It's just going to happen. And, I, and it's not that we just need to accept it and just allow ourselves to just get beat up, you know. But honestly, being in ministry feels like being a human punching bag sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, you just kind of have to take yes. it sometimes. You just have to let people just wail on you because they're full of sorrow and misery and you're the only vent they have. And so there you are. <laughs> it's a wonderful feeling. It is. It's, it's awesome. Well, here's what not to do yeah. with well-intentioned dragons because this would be what you're tempted to do. Uh, but don't do this. That's what I'm tempted do to do. Do not do this. Don't fight fire with fire. Don't return passive aggressiveness for passive aggressiveness. Don't return um, snarky comments with snarky comments. Don't return. That's mine. That's the one I'm worst at. The snarky, snarky comments. Yeah. Sarcasm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I'm super sarcastic. Yeah. If you say something sarcastic to me, I'm just gonna, without thinking, just like shoot back. So that's the one I've I've had to work on the most for sure, especially yeah. with teenagers. That one's bad. Because sarcasm is is the <laughs> ultimate form of passive aggressiveness. You can hide behind it. Oh yeah, it was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you talking about? Don't get so defensive. Uh, another one is don't <laughs> gossip about them. As tempted as you will be to do that, um, now there's one mm -hmm. thing that I do recommend you do is that you talk, to, you vent out your frustrations about these situations with other. Uh, people who are not within that ministry that you're in or even it could be right. with your spouse if you're not causing her to um, feel you know that angst that you may feel yeah, against that careful person. with that one you got to be real yeah, careful, careful with that, that one, one for sure that's why i suggest going women to women are harder to forgive uh, not harder to forgive. Women don't forgive as easily as men do. Like I can literally forget about something after a, a couple of days, even if it's really bad, you know, it's like three days yeah. later. If it's really bad, maybe a week, you know, and I forget about it. But but uh, wives don't usually forget what people have said or done to their husbands. So um, yeah. <laughs> I, I highly recommend with that one, man, just we've talked about this before and we're going to have a whole episode on this in the future. Having like a mentor or having somebody that you know you can go to about anything. And I have, you know, I have a few people like that. I have a handful of people that anytime something crazy happens in my life, they are the first person I'm calling because I know that they're going to give me the proper perspective. They're going to help me yeah. not respond in a fleshly sinful way. Yeah. Yeah. So don't gossip about them. You need to vent, but keep it within uh, venting and not gossiping. Um, and then this is the hardest one of all. And this is my proneness here is mm -hmm. don't ignore them. Do not ignore them. As easy as that is to do, <laughs> don't do that because that only adds to the problems and the wedge gets driven deeper between you and that person. Wouldn't you agree with that, Tim? Oh, 100%. I do that all the time where I think if I just ignore the problem, it'll go away. And while that works with some problems, 
<laughs> it usually doesn't with the serious problems. Like, <laughs> so that's one that, that I've, that, that's problems, one come back to bite me a few times. It never works for any problem ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good way to say it. Oh man. Yeah. The harm, the harm that a well-intentioned dragon can do is significant. And that's kind of the point we wanted to get across. And many youth pastors and pastors alike wind up leaving ministry. Uh, Corey, you and I both, we've talked about friends that we have that aren't in ministry anymore because they've been hurt. They've been burned. Uh, I know way too many people like that. You might, some of you might even have people in your church that they're in your church because they left another ministry and now they're just, they're out of ministry. They're just attending church because they're done. They don't want it anymore because someone said or did something that hurt them. Um, So we need to, we need to be aware of the attack so that we can stand strong against it. You know, if you know it's coming, at least you're prepared. You can batten down the hatches. You can board up the windows so that you're ready for the onslaught. Uh, Because there's always going to be well-intentioned dragons at any level of ministry. Which uh, but is that's important. why we want to remind you. And it's yeah. important. You said you said those words because there will always be well-intentioned dragons at any level of ministry. That includes your own life. So you need to do some maintenance yeah. at your own, in your own life and look into your own heart and see, am I yeah. being a well-intentioned dragon to someone else? Am I being a well-intentioned yeah. dragon to my pastor? Or to my yeah. to the parents in my youth group or whoever it maybe even say, your spouse. Yeah, I would say it's incredibly important for youth pastors because we're we're working for someone, you know, and, and we're working we're we're working for a lot of people because we're working for our pastor and we're working for parents, honestly, and it's really easy to under unintentionally undermine or hurt your pastor or parents of teenagers, and it's really important. Uh, but but ultimately, I want to read a quote from the book. This is really what it's all about. Uh, the author says the goal in handling dragons is not to destroy them not merely to disassociate but to make them disciples even when that seems an unlikely prospect i think that's the biggest thing to understand is is they're they're not your enemy they're your brother or sister in christ mm-hmm. and we need to make sure we're doing everything we can as painful as it is we need to do everything we can to restore them and to fix this this problem so that we can move forward effectively in ministry yep yeah all good stuff, and I hope that this has been a help to somebody listening. I know 100% of our listeners out there have dealt with what we today have defined as a well-intentioned dragon, but what we yeah. want to call into um, question for you is are those two questions of how are you dealing with it when you deal with well-intentioned dragons, and then how are you dealing with yourself and, and those propensities that you may have in your own life. So, uh, Tim, that about wraps it up for today. Um, anything yeah. else? We want that's to actually why we were gone for. That's actually why we were gone for over a year, is because we were fighting off so many well-intentioned dragons. We we were just too, good, too worn from battle. <laughs> I mean, we no, we have them. Great. We we talk quite often. We could we all do. We could share many stories. Some of them very humorous um, about well-intentioned dragons. The thing about a well-intentioned dragon encounter is they're never fun in the moment, but they sure make for some good stories later. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, You can check out our other episodes over at theyouthministrylife.com. We'd love to hear from you, so fill out that contact form on the website. And you can also subscribe to the Youth Ministry Life podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. So until next time, may God bless you and your youth ministry.